Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. Today, I would like to talk about how do we catch ourselves when we're trapped by a cognitive bias. Simon, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I guess I'm interested in what would I see or hear that would tell me that I was trapped in a cognitive bias or that somebody mm -hmm. was. Right. So let's talk a little bit about what is a cognitive bias. So for me, um, the way I define it as a psychologist is when we are open to and pay attention to information that agrees with what we already think and ignore or downplay information that disagrees with us. So we're not open enough to changing our attitudes. Does that seem like a valid definition for you? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. So what, what, how would we like to Simon's point? How do we notice that? How do you notice when you're doing that? I'm not sure if it's something that you can notice while it's happening. I think maybe it might be a hindsight thing, at least to begin mm -hmm. with, until you, you know, eventually, obviously, aspirationally, we all want to become completely open. Um, but we're not there yet. <laughs> so I think perhaps while it's happening, maybe you don't notice it. But maybe if you take the time to reflect and, you know, if you've had a run in with someone or a bit of a conflict or a disagreement, if you take the time to think about back over it and consciously open your mind up to well, it, what if they were right what would that look like and then you play it back and go oh actually and then you might see it that way I think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In, in the workplace and two things firstly there's you you can you can pick up cognitive bias or confirmational bias just by looking around you at the things that you look at I mean, for example I have on my iPad for first thing in the morning, I get an email from the New York Times and the Guardian. Now that's big headlines. I am leaning to the left. I don't have a newsletter from the Sun or the Mail or the Telegraph or the Times, mm. which are right-leaning papers. Therein lies the, the issue. I, I have a confirmational bias or a cognitive bias. And, it's, it, and that's not something that I'm very proud of, but it exists. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty, and as Karina said, you are, you, you're obliged, if you want to step aside from that bias, to look at things from an external or observer's viewpoint and take that, um, that third person's viewpoint on whatever the transaction is. Somebody may not agree with you, but they may have a better way. You mm -hmm. delegate something to someone within your company, they may do it a different way from you. It may be a better way but your, your bias is to assume or to assume that you know best. Mm. I think it's, it's probably one of those things that it's easier to put some processes or routines in to avoid you getting into one than mm. it is to have self-reflection and notice. Although we might, you know, I think good leaders always surround themselves with people who might be able to point out um, where they might be. So what might a routine look like that would keep you from getting into a cognitive bias to begin with? To pick the, the newspaper example, maybe do read the Telegraph. But, you know, <laughs> it might be annoying. <laughs> but every now and again, and at least you'd understand the other side a little bit or something. And, yeah. and, but, and I think that's the same in business. It's like um, having a routine that, you know, am I wrong? Let me go and find something that argues the other side of this. Mm. Um, it's it's yeah. just healthy it's like it's cognitive hygiene i guess would be the thing and presumably you know having a coach or something like that to cause you to pause and reflect on things yeah um, karina before yeah. we got started you said you had an example can you would you be willing to share that with us 
Yeah, yeah. It's it, funny enough. It's I'm not sure if it actually falls into the category of sort of certainly that that confirmation bias thing where I'm looking for. But it was a time. It was a few weeks back when I I caught myself and went, "Woo, there's an unconscious thing that just came out." So I was looking at a picture um, of. It was a random fan. I think it was an advert. It was an advert for some you know, very luxurious holiday destination. Everything around it screamed wealth. And um, there was a family, um, two or three kids, mum um, and dads. Um, and I found myself just in a split second asking myself what he did for a living. Right. And something in my head very quickly, you know, woke up and went, oh, it could be her or it could be both or it could be neither. It could be, you know, so, and it, it, obviously all of the balance then came back into it. But yeah. I was both fascinated and um, you know, horrified at the, <laughs> at the initial reflex, which was, what does he do for a living to bring all that money into the, into the family? Which, you know, it's just, it's a, a symptom of society as it has been up until relatively recently, I guess. Yeah, and that's a really, really good example of how those things creep in. I mean, fortunately for you, you noticed it, but they creep in like that. Where you And if you're not conscious to it, it's super easy to let those just pass by and it becomes mm. part of like just who you believe you are. COVID's think, a really good example. Sorry, in terms of um, people, it's upended everything. And yet, decision makers are still referring to, you know, what happened in 2019 and we're going to quote back to normal. Mm. But if you go and look at the science, we aren't going to go back to normal and we have to rethink everything. Mm. But it's just so seductive to interpret everything through a lens of 2019 and to think that 2020 was an aberration. Yeah. Well, and as humans, we're, we're so lazy. Like our brains are lazy. We're always looking for the shortcut. What, what can I not have to think about? And I think that that's one of the things that we have to be careful about is don't let your brain fall into that laziness. I think that's a that's good a indicator, actually. If... Sorry, Steve. So... I spoke all over you there. Sorry. I was, um, I was just going to say, um, I think that feeling of being challenged, um, even if it comes in the form of frustration or a little bit of, you know, where you're uncomfortable for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe if you haven't felt that and everything feels a bit easy as though, you know, you're always getting your own way. People are always agreeing with you and you never really have any conflict mm -hmm. in, in that kind of area. That could be perhaps a strong indicator that you're, you know, falling into those traps. One thing I try to notice is if someone says, or I read something or someone says something in, information comes in and I immediately go, that's absolute nonsense. That for me is a red flag. Okay, why do I think that? Do I have science? Do I have data? Is there something that I can back up that with that says, okay, yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't need to pay attention. And there are there, people say things that are ridiculous. So sometimes you do just need to write it off. But take that moment to say, is that true? Or am I just being lazy? Is that the way, is that, the way then? I think taking that example, Robin, is that the way to actually create a conversation that goes to a deeper level than mm -hmm. just the superficial? Because you have to turn it around and ask someone, how do you know that? What, what is, what's behind your belief that makes you say these things? Mm -hmm. I have a contrary belief, and I, I'm not sure that we can agree on this, but I'd love to know where you get your information. So in a sense, you're taking the conversational turn along the lines of, clean language in a sense, because you're flipping it back to the other individual who then has to be critical of their own opinion. 
And you might get lucky and get someone who will engage in that kind of conversation with you that you can just say, let me know what do you, what backs up that? What are you getting that from? And they'll engage with you, but online it can be dangerous because people can get really nasty when you ask them to give you something other than I said so, and therefore it is. Happens in work too. I mean, and if you hear that a lot in a company, it's time to sell the stock and get the hell out of there, Mm. you know? Um, And we've all been in all, you know, various disasters of companies. I I have a a sort of slightly contrary question. How do you know, you know, because cognitive bias, it's a, it's a natural evolution that allows you to know what questions to worry about and whatever, Mm because we've thought for everything from scratch every day. Right. So how do you know that your cognitive bias is unhelpful or helpful? Because it could be that everything in the Daily Mail is trash. It could be. And that, that's a great question. What do you, what do you guys think? What, how do you know? Cause like, I don't need to look at the tree in my front yard every day and say, that tree is not going to attack me. That's good. Okay. Hmm. So how do you know? I think sample, you have to look at a representative sample. If you say something is one thing is true and one thing is false on one interpretation or one example, mm-hmm. then that's a very difficult and challenging position to take. And, and mm-hmm. that really does speak to your bias. If, however, you say there are 20 examples where this is shown to be um, not necessarily correct, and there are another 20 which says that this is more likely to be correct, then you're getting a better sample. You're statistically being a little more rigid, rigid or rigorous. Mm. Mm. So informed so, bias is okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we are out of time. And I hate to cut it off here because we're out of time. So maybe we need to do another one about that question. But I want to thank you so much for having this conversation around cognitive bias and trying to figure out, like, how do we know what works and what doesn't? So thanks so much. And we'll do it again soon. Bye. Thanks, Robin.